the quick and the dirty. Life's better when you can laugh about it. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And this is the part of the podcast where we recap what happened in the week, what's going on in the world, and uh, we call it the quick. Oh, girl, I want to talk about my thumb nipple. Thumb nipple? (laughs) Pardon? I said pardon? What? (laughs) I think I just like saying the words thumb nipple together because then people are like, oh, girl, let me look at your thumb. Uh, So listen, I'm talking about my thumb nipple now uh, more than ever before because I have this growth on my hand that I was born with. And you know when you have something that's been with you for so long, you don't think about it. Okay. And I don't know what's happened in the last year, but people have just, it must have grown an inch or something. It's like a, it's a skin tag. It's not a wart, although you might mistake it it for one. It's not a mole. It's just, it used, it once used to be just a little tiny skin tag, like a, a tiny insignificant skin tag. But over the years... I've been picking at it and picking at it. And what happens when you pick at it? It just gets angrier and angrier and bigger and bigger. And so, it's like, is it smooth and round like it, a nipple? It looks exactly like a nipple. And I'm not kidding you. It actually looks like I have a third nipple. When like was the real... last time you had a doctor look at this thing? Um, about a year ago. And they literally will just look at it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's nothing. So I know that it's just it's just extra skin. OK. Is it um, brown? <laughs> your questions does uh, it have an areola <laughs> <laughs> no well, but when, it hides no but hillary drops thumb nipple on you you're like okay i need an in-depth investigation <laughs> into what this looks like because yes. i'm simply hearing words yes okay it is the color of my skin so it's not any darker or any lighter than the skin on my hand okay but it does have an eye i'm just kidding it has an eye <laughs> i'm kidding is it a mouth like what no <laughs> I'm so confused. It just, just looks like a tiny little nipple. It's just like a little tiny. I'm going to post a picture of my thumb nipple, okay, as part of this podcast. Can because I? now I don't know if obviously as a professional communicator, I am failing to describe to you this extra <laughs> tiny piece of nipple skin on my thumb. Are you so, sure it's not a nipple? Because some people do have a third <laughs> nipple. And well, I mean, I don't know if they can be on your hands, but no, science has not ruled it out. If it was a nipple, it would be way saggier because it's part of me. Trust me. <laughs> and it would probably have leaked at one point. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It probably would have leaked at one point or been a lot more excited in life than it has been. It just Can you imagine if it were an actual nipple? You'd just be at the office all day tweaking it. Just like just tweak, 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 tweak. Yeah. A guy like- holds your hand on the first date and you like get excited. <laughs> Hey, I, I barely know you. Don't touch me. <laughs> I, you know, I've I've come to grown like I've come to love my little thumb nipple so that it's become almost like a little comedy routine. I'll be like, hi, I'm Sandra. And this is Tommy, my thumb nipple. His name's Tommy, by the way. Uh, my sister saw it about six months ago for the first. I mean, I guess she just re-noticed it. She always knew I had the thumb nipple. And she was she was <laughs> I disgusted. I can't get over calling it thumb nipple. <laughs> Why? I mean, if you just called it a mole, I'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's not a mole though it's it's better than a mole <laughs> it's better than a mole it's better than, a skin tag just feels like i'm old like a hanging skin you know what I, you know i don't it like sounds the word gross. skin, skin tag t- sounds gross yes thumb nipple sounds intriguing yeah i we're already talking about my thumb nipple more than i wanted to but whatever <laughs> 
Whatever. Now we're you in brought it. it up. Whatever. So I went to the, um, I, I get electrolysis done on my eyebrows and I asked the lady, I'm like, listen, could you give it a zap? And she's like, oh yeah, it'll take a few treatments. So I, I if you want to, actually might put it on my Instagram story uh, the other day, I might put it up on my uh, my regular, my regular like account, but mm-hmm. uh, I actually videotaped her zapping it the other day and it actually deflated. Are you going to do a before and after? Like yes. you should do like a progressive and then like an Instagram, um, one of the collages. Yeah, with I will. numbers like one, two, three, four, five weeks. I will. I will. And it's uh, after the first treatment, the skin has already sort of died off of it and it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds very attractive. If thumb nipple didn't get me before, the dead and dying skin hanging off of it now. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes if you listen very closely, you hear it crying in the night. <laughs> <laughs> you can't kill me, Sandra. I'm never going to die. Uh, it, it looks really disgusting right now. It actually does look like it has an eye. Okay. Like, why are you not wearing a Band-Aid on it? Um, I'm giving it a little air. Why should, you know what? It's funny because everybody I show my thumb nipple to, the first thing they do is they're like, ah! And then after I talked about it, some guy I work with is like, it's a part of you. You should embrace it. You should love all the weird, quirky things about yourself. I'm like, oh, well, now you tell me. I just had 80 volts on it the other day. Now you tell me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's dying a slow death. But we'll find out shortly if it's immortal or not. But I'm going to take about three or four more runs at it, and we'll see. If it doesn't want to die... Then it doesn't want to die. I, leave I love it up how to you're Tommy. like. Well, I should leave it out so it can enjoy its last days on the planet. Look at the sun, Tommy. This is the last time you're going to see the sun. <laughs> Tommy, look at the clouds, Tommy. Last uh, time. I know. I know. I've, um, if you want, if it falls off, I'll like save it. Are you like a wisdom tooth after yeah. you get it taken out? I don't know why I'm so damn attached to Tommy the thumb nipple, but like. <laughs> It's a part of me. It's been there. Tommy's seen me through the hardest moments of my life. And I, and I, that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but Tommy was there for my first love, my first heartbreak, uh, the dirtier things that I've done, the happier things that I've done. You know, Tommy's been there. Tommy's seen some things. <laughs> and he's going to take it to the grave. He better. He better. He knows what's coming. <laughs> All right. So my quick is not nearly as exciting as a thumb nipple. Uh, oh, what could it be? Uh, if uh, you're new to the podcast, you may not know that I am a single woman in her late 30s. I've been seeing a guy for a couple of years, and he has a couple of amazing young girls uh, who are 9 and 11. And as someone who's never had a kid before, I'm hosting my first birthday party with him. Oh, wow. That's huge. And it's terrifying. so weird. No, it, weird isn't the word. It's terrifying, Hillary, because have you ever been to a child's birthday party? Well, luckily, this is just family and close friends, so okay. it's not too bad. How many people? I need numbers here. I think it's like 12 to 15 people. Oh, that's not good. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sensory overload. Not just for you, but for the kids. That's the, that's the hardest part about going to a kid's birthday party. You get overwhelmed because there's other people's kids around, too. Kids okay. around too. And managing other people's kids, I find to be the hardest part of a birthday party because there's always a difficult kid in the mix. Okay. And it's, you know, you know what I mean? And then if their mom or dad isn't there, then you have to sort of manage that. And then one kid will cry. That's going to happen for sure or feel bad because they were left out of something. Okay. And um, then uh, maybe the birthday girl is going to have a moment of uh, sensory overload. Okay. She also doesn't want to grow up. It's the cutest thing ever. Eh, Maybe now it is. (laughs) But when you're 21 and you don't want to get a job, then it's not so cute. (laughs) 
So what do you think this party is going to go like? What do, what do you have planned? I'm not overly concerned, actually. It's very relaxed. We're just doing burgers and dogs. I, I'm not overly concerned. The biggest thing is that the other child's birthday, the youngest, it was last month, and it was at mom's house. So we have to make sure that everything's equal. Oh. When you have two kids, you like, I want to do a good job. But I can't go over the top or do anything that wasn't done at the younger child's birthday because I don't want them to feel bad. Okay, so do you know what happened at the other party? Yeah, I was there. Okay, perfect. So you need to match that. Yeah, I think it needs to be. But I also kind of like... You know, I'm with my boyfriend, and that was his ex. You want to one-up her, but you if you... God, you want to <laughs> one-up like her, a, but you a, have to be innocent about it. Like, oh, I wasn't trying to one-up anybody when I brought the pony. <laughs> I don't think right? that's going to fly. I mean, the good news is I really, really like my boyfriend's ex. So it's all fine. And she'll be there. It'll be great. Okay. Oh, she's going to be there, too. Yeah. So and she'll all be watching. of the family and stuff. It's going to be great. Okay. It's going to be great. <laughs> Um, just out of curiosity, do you have a similar cake? Uh, actually, she's making the cake, Perfect. so I'm off the hook. Okay, good. And the, the entertainment is similar? Yes. The only question is, there were no decorations at the younger child's party, and I love decorating. Yeah, 400 balloons, take it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's going to be okay. Handmade party hats. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> Little loot bags. Are you doing loot bags? Because those are like the best part of parties. Can I do separate ones for adults and kids? Like I'm thinking yes. those spark plug liquor shots in the adult ones. <laughs> Just stick it in the white watermelon. That's what yeah. I like to do. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You're going to be okay. You're, you're good. You know what? I feel like step by step you're, you're doing it. It's happening. I actually am loving life right now. I really am. And this whole like new parenting stuff, I'm not a parent and I never will be their mom, but it's cool to have these kind of experiences. Yeah. You haven't lived until you've thrown a child's birthday party. Really? You haven't. It'll be interesting. Hopefully the only tears are children's and not my own. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I find I used to get anxiety before a party because all the, like I told you, handling other people's kids gives me anxiety because I grew up, all the other parents used to always yell at everybody's kids. We used, like, that was just the way. You you know that uh, Mrs. Daber across the street was a yeller and you better not uh, walk on her lawn. But nowadays you can't yell at other people's kids. It's just not the way. So the way you handle that to me, that was just a lot of anxiety. The helicopter parenting and the way you're being watched and, and I'm not a great problem solver. Uh, you know, so uh, good luck with that, Hillary. And that's when I say, not my problem. <laughs> not my problem. You do it, babe. Go, go, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> are you ready to talk to today's guest on uh, on The Dirty? I'm really excited because I would like to say that I've been bragging to you about, okay, maybe I told a little lie when I said that I had a stylist. Okay, maybe just a little one. She was my stylist for two hours recently. But that's okay. It. Her so, name, yes, her name is Mary Cian Sabello here in Ottawa, and she is a wardrobe consultant to the stars and to everybody, actually. Okay. Okay, and she's here live in studio. Hi, Mary. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks Hello, for the kind Mary. words. Sandra. Welcome. Hello, Hillary. Thank you so much. So, really Mary, fun. I have been following you on Instagram because stalking is what I do best. Thank you. I need the followers. I'll take stalkers. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, first of all, you are gorgeous. Oh, thanks so much. And That's very uh, sweet. I was reading up on your 
your little bio as well. You had an interesting start. Like, how did you end up going from studying commerce and business into doing wardrobe consultant? Well, there, there's kind of two different kind of waves that took me that way. I think my background and culture lends itself to wanting to look good. I think in, in the Middle East, the women there are always very well dressed, and 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 it's 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 a very cultural way to express yourself with style. Um, and I also had a very sick sister who didn't fit in any clothing. So I learned to sew to be able to give her the options that were out in stores that she didn't fit in. Um, so that was one kind of way that I started to love fashion. But the other way was, I don't want to brag, but I, I did get headhunted in, after university um, in, into a major corporation and got a job that many people my age hadn't. And one day we had a new director come in town and asked me to come into her office and do her filing and make her coffee and pick up her dry cleaning. And I was like, well, well, why are you asking me to do that? I'm not the intern. And she looked at me and said, um, well, you certainly dress like one. Whoa. So here I went to my office and cried my eyeballs out and thought of a harassment suit and all of that stuff. And then I went home and thought, well, no, maybe she's looking at me in the way that I'm dressing and perceiving me that way. And then I started to kind of change the way I dressed and I couldn't believe the reaction I got in the workplace. And then I put two and two together and thought, you know what, you're really being perceived in the way that you're putting yourself out there, especially in the workplace. So I started to study up on it. I studied fashion for a little bit. I studied image consulting and I coupled that with my business and communications background and my love for fashion and in grew this business of wardrobe consulting. This is incredible to me because I'd never heard that story before, Mary. We yeah. don't know each other very no, well. We spent a couple well. of hours together recently, and <laughs> Hillary, she, she tried her best. I'll say that. She tried her best. But I will say this. When I look at you, because I think that one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is, how do you have this great style? But you, you're telling me you didn't come across it naturally. I think it's not so much. Okay, style is so personal. Right. You could have someone who is dressed like one person thinks is the biggest bum, and the next person thinks is the most amazing street style, right? It's it's really, really personal. And it's all about the message you want to put out there in the world. And that's why I keep telling my clients is I'm not here to talk about trends or designers or I mean, all that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, what message are you sending through your wardrobe? Because your wardrobe is just another communication tool. That's That's all it is. And especially in the workplace, when you're there working, you need to be perceived in a certain way. And why not let fashion do some of the talking for you? And that's, now, that's I have really... to ask a couple of questions because sure. I'm kind of a feminist. Yes, and, and I am too, which is interesting. I am too. I absolutely can see that. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's fair how much importance is placed upon especially women in how they dress in the workplace? Because it doesn't transfer to how good a job you're going to do. No, not at all. And it's not just women we're talking about here, by the way. It's women and men. And I absolutely agree with you that it is not fair. That's, I, I want to get that across right away. It is not fair. You should not judge a book by its cover. But the reality is people are doing it. And why not use fashion as just another tool in your, in your toolbox? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's fair. I'm not saying that it's right. But if people are going to judge you anyway, especially in the workplace, why not use clothing to your advantage? Why not communicate the message that you want communicated about you? Just use it to your own advantage, not don't like take it and, and, and own it. 
and not let anyone yeah. else perceive you in that way. The fact yeah. is, Hillary, you know, you know, I mean, we, we live in the real world where, yes, you are judged by the way you look and first appearances and first impressions mm-hmm. really do matter. And it's funny because I had a moment many years ago when I was working in uh, Toronto, I was doing morning radio and I looked like hell. Like I, I would go into work and I kid you not wearing track pants mm-hmm. some days because I figured who's going to see me. But I did work on the 16th floor of an office tower in downtown Toronto. And at the end of the show, I would be bagged and tired and I'd try to get out of there. But every once in a while, a client would come through uh, who was buying a radio ad time and they wanted to meet the personalities. Mm-hmm. And I vividly remember one client coming through and seeing me in my track pants and my disgusting hair. It was gross. I wasn't wearing ma- Hillary, I wasn't wearing makeup. <laughs> no <laughs> smoky eye. No, I just had mascara and gloss. That's all I could muster. I was mid twenties. You know, I was like, really, I look like hell. Probably gorgeous. Sandra. No, I was a, I was a mess. And this client, and I vividly remember seeing the true look of disappointment in in that person's face. And it was a, it was an older gentleman too. And I get, I get that. You know, we're talking about feminism, and and I shouldn't have felt that. But it's true. I, I wasn't trying. And I thought to myself, I'm also representing my company. That's that's exactly what it is here. And, and I do all sorts of style. But I'm, when I'm talking about corporate style, that's one of the things I talk about to business owners or entrepreneurs, etc. is unfortunately, you will meet clients when you're at Costco. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. You want to just go to Costco and buy your groceries and get out of there. But and one of the things they will do is judge your business based on the way you're dressed. It's human nature. I wish I could change it. I wish I could wave that magic wand and say, you know what, look deep, look inside, judge the person on their work and not how they're how they're dressed. But it's human nature. Why not use it to your advantage? Oh, girls, I have to tell you a story, please. So last year I had just moved into my apartment and I was doing some cleaning and I ran out of cleaning supplies and there was a dollar store up the street and I'm wearing the ugliest old leggings with I think they had cheetah print on them and an old (laughs) t-shirt like they're the ones that you wear when you you're bleaching right because you don't want to ruin anything yeah yeah. and I'm like rushing out to the store I go to the store and doesn't someone come up to me and goes oh wow you look just like Hillary from the radio and I looked at her and I turned and I was like uh, like, never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> Did you back away slowly? Never breaking like, eye contact? <laughs> never heard of that bee. I know. <laughs> Leave me alone. So we're, when she said that, was she disappointed? No, but I was disappointed. <laughs> oh, yeah. cheetah print. Yeah. Wow. That, wow. In I, this decade. <laughs> Mary says it's back in. It's huge for fall 2018. Cheetah print is all the rage. It's like a neutral now. It's so big. Oh, my God. I know, but I'm I'm at cougar age now. It's got (laughs) to stop. Then just wear it in your shoes. It doesn't have to be the all over outfit. Yeah, Mary and I had a discussion about prints and cheetah and snake print. And and I'm not a a print girl. I don't know what it is because you don't have to be. Here's the thing about trends and designers and that the people, you know, they automatically meet me and they think you must wear designer clothes and all the latest trends. No, I do what works for me. So if there's a trend out there and it doesn't work for you, then don't rock it. Wait for the trend that speaks to you. Okay. Or make your own trend. Or make your own trend. There what you do you, what do you say what gives somebody great style? What what would be the definition of someone who has great style? I I honestly to me it's someone who owns it. That's that's all it is at the end of the day. It's someone who's owning the message that they're putting out there with their style. 
if the message you put out there is that you're confident, bubbly, um, and love to wear color, then that's your style and you're owning it. Honestly, at the end of the day, when I hear people say, oh, don't judge me on my style, I'm like, I never judge you on your style. If you're owning your style and you love and you're rocking what you wear, then who am I to tell you otherwise? Do you think you have to be consistent like it should be your brand? Because each day I feel very different. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm rocking something that's a little rock and roll and then other times I'm corporate. But do you think that being sort of not fluid and having a thing is more important? It's entirely up to you. I mean, I'm not consistent. One day I'm soccer mom. And one day I'm in the boardroom, one day I'm a stylist uh, talking, doing commercials on TV. It really doesn't matter as long as you own it. To me, I like something that's streamlined, though. I do like a little bit of streamline. I do like something that's put together all the time and doesn't look like you just picked whatever was clean out of the laundry hamper and it happened to be cheetah print tights. I do like when someone has put a little bit of thought into the wardrobe or the the outfit that they've put in. But no, it doesn't have to be consistent. When you say put together, yeah. okay, because when I, you know, when I see someone and they look put together, I I know what that means. That means their makeup is on point and their nails. Are, I mean, it's it's a whole thing. It's a package. Mm-hmm. What, what's put together for you? Is it the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be right down to the perfect nail color, but that they've actually put thought into what they're wearing. Again, like they didn't slap something on and and just call it an outfit, that they actually put thought into those boots, go with those pants, go with that shirt, and then I'm going to tie it all together with this bag. That's that's what put together means to me. I'll be honest, I use the same purse every day. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, I it's wanna... super cute and it goes with everything, but it never changes. I, it's okay. It's it's totally okay. And I feel like I'm always defending this 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 art of styling, right? And honestly, it's not for everyone. If someone's called me, it's because they want to be put together. They want to develop their style and develop their message through their clothing. If if you don't want to, then that's cool. Like honestly, there's no judgment from here at all. That's right. And you know, like we say, your style does say a lot about you. It says it a lot about your brand. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't know where to start when mm-hmm. it comes to style. I find it very overwhelming when I decide. I made the conscious effort in my 20s to try harder. Mm-hmm. And then I started having, having babies. And then I stopped trying for mm-hmm. a long time. And then I lost a ton of weight. And then clothing and hair and makeup became more important to me. But I still don't have it quite right. And a lot of it has to do with waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're just like, I oh, just give me my flip-flops. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. I need in my life. But um, where do you start? So there's a growing trend of minimalism and capsule wardrobe. I don't know if you've heard of that. I don't know, Hillary, if you've heard of that term, capsule wardrobe. But to me, this is the perfect place to start. So it's where you purge almost everything in your closet. (gasps) Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. But you want to know know a fact, and it's a proven fact. You wear 20% of what's hanging in your wardrobe. I can guarantee you. 80% Yeah. 80% of it is not used. It's it's hanging there because one day you're going to look at that floral wrap dress and you will wear it. But, you know, 90% of the time you will not wear that floral dress hanging in your but wardrobe. Mary, are you saying to literally just throw it out? Like for real? There's You're killing me. There's so many things you can do with it. There's okay. consigning. There's donating to worthy causes like Dress for Success here in Ottawa. I'm sure there's, there's other causes uh, around Canada. But yes, I'm talking about literally purging all the things that you realistically will not wear. You have to get real with yourself and, and, and say, okay, have I worn this in the last two years? A lot of stylists say year. I'm very generous and I say two years. 
if you haven't worn it in two years, it's really time to get real and, and put only things in your wardrobe that you're going to wear and then get better at mixing and matching and thinking outside of the box. Once you've discovered your style and what you gravitate to, then you can add pieces onto that. And it, it becomes a lot easier. So when you talk about where do I start with knowing what my style is, start with purging your closet and really getting real about what you do wear and what you love. I see so many questions oh, okay. in your eyes. I, honestly, <laughs> it's Mary, a year ago, yeah. I had uh, gastric bypass surgery and I lost oh, wow. uh, about 100 pounds. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's and huge. And so I purged my entire closet. And maybe it's time for you to have a clothing swap, Sandra, because this is what I did with my friends. We were all kind of moving in sizes, some up, some down, and some around. Mm-hmm. And we all brought the clothes that we don't wear anymore to my house. And everybody tried everything on and took what they wanted. I love that idea. I also love the idea, Hillary, of getting a seamstress. Because, yes, yes that's that's huge. And most people don't have a good seamstress. Um, but one of the things you can do, because clothing is not made to fit everybody, every body shape, every style. It is just not made that way. So sometimes if you really like something, you have to make sure that it looks good on you. And one way of doing that is to get a seamstress and to take it down to your size, you know, maybe nip it at the waist or bring it up an inch or two. I use a seamstress all the time. I'd say 90% of my clothing has been, you know, taken in some way by a seamstress. Every pair of jeans I have has a little V in the butt. Because I have a big butt go. and a tiny waist. Yeah. And then and then it gapes at the waist. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a yeah. little V taken out of the back. Absolutely. I love it. Good job, Hillary. I love it too because, you know, I when you think of having a seamstress, I, I mean, I don't buy designer clothes mm-hmm. uh, because my weight does fluctuate so much. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't make the investment at this size okay. at all. So, But you're not talking about spending a, an, a crazy amount of money not and at then all. using a seamstress. So not I could buy all. like a $30 pair of pants and take them in and it's not a big deal. I love the clothes clearance section at stores. I love it. I love thrift stores. I love consignment shopping. Oh my God, the brands you can buy at consignment shops for so cheap, but you have to go often because you, you know, you don't know what's going to be there day to day and you have to invest in a seamstress. And I'm not talking a lot of money here. Like I think the last thing I got done was I shortened a dress to knee length and it cost $12. You know, I'm, and, and it and changed the game. It completely changed that dress. Well, because the length matters. If it you're thick in the legs, it's mm-hmm. you have to have it at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And your height will dictate, you know, how what what will look better on you, what length will look better on you. Some people have a really hard time showing their legs, and you can, you know, anyway. There's there's so many different reasons that you can take uh, take in a, a garment, but I definitely re- recommend getting a seamstress. Wow, you know, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many dresses I have not bought because they're either too short, mm-hmm. which I can't do anything about, mm-hmm. but ha- are too long. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought about shortening it to uh, below the Girl. knee, which is my... Uh, why didn't I think... Hillary, why didn't I think of that? Um, honestly. If you learn one thing from this podcast, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get a seamstress. You can really? also buy material. I mean, we have fabric stores here that are so cheap. So like, you know, I won't name the ones in Ottawa because I know you don't only have audiences in Ottawa, but you can buy fabric and add it to a garment if you want to lengthen it. And then it ends up looking really neat. You can add ruching. Like, you can add so much. A little to black a band around the bottom band. and satin. Yeah. Or... 100%. And wow. fringe was just recently really in. So you can actually buy fringe and add that to a skirt or a dress, make it longer. Okay, that's kind of a game changer. What um, What's the biggest fashion mistake that people make? Oh, I hate, I hate answering that question. I'll tell you why. Why? Because fashion is so personal. 
So what I think is a mistake may not be a mistake for someone else. Okay, then what's the thing that makes your blood boil? Like when you see it, the thing that uh, you're like, oh. For uh, your personal style, yeah. right. I, I'm going to say um, people who hide or conceal their weight with really baggy clothing. Agreed. Because it's actually doing the opposite for them. That's a common it's, practice it's for so overweight common. women. It Very so and common. men and men too. How yeah. many men wear giant t-shirts yeah. to cover up their, really their bellies? Baggy yeah. pants. Yep. Really, really baggy pants. And I, you know, and I, I understand why they're doing it. It makes me so sad because every time I ask them, you know, why do you think you have to dress in a size this big? They say because I just want to hide. They just want to hide, and so it makes me so sad. And I always say to them, well, there's ways that we can uh, enhance your body parts that you love and maybe diminish the body parts that you don't love without having to wear really baggy clothing. For sure. And Mm -hmm. what a lot of people don't realize, like as somebody who has been significantly overweight and is Mm -hmm. still technically overweight, um, we still see you. Mm -hmm. Like When you're wearing a big baggy shirt, you can still tell what's underneath. Yeah. So yeah. you're not really hiding anything except maybe from yourself. So it's like it's a lot about learning to love you. Yeah, it's a comfort thing too. And and when people ask me why I got in this business and it's so materialistic and all that, I always tell them it's never about the clothes. It's not about the clothes. It's about the confidence that the clothing gives people. And at the end of the day, that's the only reason I do this is because of the confidence, whether it's in a business uh, setting or it's a new mummy who doesn't know how to dress her postpartum body. It's about the confidence. So if you were to ask me one thing that makes my blood kind of, you know, go a bit hotter, it's it's that baggy yeah. clothing. Do you know that when I met uh, Mary a few weeks ago, we were in an event and I was wearing all black. Yeah. And um, I had great hair and a great smoky eye, Hillary. I'll have you know. It was <laughs> you really, really on point. Did. I was very excited about my smoky eye that night. But I asked I asked Mary, I said, Mary, you, you see the way that I dress. Uh, what, um, what would you say about the way that I dress, about my style? And you said that you are... Uh, hiding something because you're wearing black. Always, I always yeah. see you in you're, black. You're, you're right. You do see me all the time in yeah. black. And that's a, that's. I feel like that's a common thing that I would do. And a lot of women who are overweight will do. They'll hide behind a black outfit and then mm-hmm. move very quickly so no one gets a good look. <laughs> it's more photographs for me because oh, lighter yeah. colors photograph, it, it, it all depends on angles and they can get some bad angles. Yeah. yeah but that counts for skinny people too, you know. And it's, it's listen... I agree that the darker is more slimming. Yes, of course. But there's also subliminal messaging behind the color that you wear. And this has been studied and there's there's evidence around this that when you wear dark all the time, you're actually trying to hide or conceal or slip away. And it's it's sad for especially for a personality like Sandra. I've been listening to her for years. Fun, fun, loving, outgoing. You know, I, I, the first thing I said to her was, I want to see you in color. That's that's really who Sandra. She is. did say that. She actually did, which was which was really something. It was eye opening too, because whereas in my mind I had justified it by saying to myself um, that um, uh, I was um, trying to look sleek and elegant, <laughs> maybe, right? Maybe. And you did. <laughs> that's, you did. That's what I was hoping I was going for. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, eighty seven percent of my wardrobe is black, yeah. and and that, there's a very specific reason for that. So, Mayor, so well, today also I also financially I for you, yeah, well. Like black can be mixed and matched so much easier than a yes. colorful piece. Yeah. And it's fine to have foundation pieces that are black. Totally. 100%. I'm not saying eliminate black, but incorporate color into your life. Like especially someone like Sandra, really with this, this amazing personality that she brings to all of us every day.
Well, thank oh, you. Yeah. Um, let, can we talk about dressing for size? Yeah. Because that's a big, you know, we're talking about black. We're talking about people who uh, wear really big things. Um, you told me that I should be wearing V-necks to mm-hmm. sort of elongate my mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. and statement earrings. Is that go for all chubby girls? No. <laughs> no, seriously. I, like, I, I wasn't kidding when I asked. I love it. So is it depend so, on just the way you're shaped? It really does. Okay. It 100% depends on your body shape. I had a client uh, actually two days ago who had the most beautiful body shape. She was a size 22. And she couldn't, you know, she was so hard on herself. And I said, oh, my God, you have the most coveted body shape in the world. It was hourglass. She was oh. her, her, I know, her chest and, and, and hips and butt were proportionate, proportional. And then she had a tiny waist. And I said, oh, my, do you realize that every woman in the world wants to have your body shape? Oh, but I'm a 22. That does not matter. So we found her the most amazing outfit. And no, it's not V-neck for everybody. And it's not A-line dress for everybody. Although that's the most universal uh, dress shape that I recommend. Um, but there are different things that you can do to enhance your body parts that you love and to de-emphasize body parts that you don't love. Like for example, if you want to create the illusion of a waist, then you do high-waisted things, you add belts, et cetera. So there, there's so many tips. I don't know if I could uh, cover them What all. are your tips for giant butt, tiny top? I'm in two separate stores right now. Yeah. So you want it, you want to wear separates, right? It's going to be very hard for you to find a dress to fit your body unless you invest in a seamstress. I can do A-line yeah. because then A-line they all is, go out. Yeah. Universally <laughs> flattering is A-line, especially for a pear shape like you're describing, like yourself. Um, if you do want to do a dress that's not A-line, then you'll have to take, take it in at the waist or take it in at the top. But what you want to do is um, look for pieces that enhance your top. So things like off the shoulder or ruffling or color on top. And then uh, pieces that de-emphasize on the bottom. So A-line will draw away from your hips and butt, darker colors on the bottom, et cetera. Fun, fun. Yeah. Can I never you- to wear light pants. <laughs> I have honestly never owned light pants. <laughs> you can. But again, if, you, if we want to create a more balanced look, then you want to wear the color on top and the pattern on top so that it's, it's a little bit more, uh, it adds a little bit more structure and dimension on top and then slim down the bottom. And then that'll balance you out. Mary, not to get too personal, but I have to ask you, I'm uh, obviously I was going to I was actually going to describe my body type to her like she hasn't seen it already. But I think the first thing, the second thing you said to me on my when we were you styled me was, uh, wow, look at look at that rack. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't for public. Consumption. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we're friends. We can talk to each other like that. I love That's that. How I, I loved it, too. When you said that I'm like, yeah, what do we do about that? It, what What's my body type? Because Hillary is I have like a flat square butt and I'm. I feel like I'm if I was a weeble wobble, I would tip over. No, I feel like you're you're pretty proportionate. Like you're you're a rectangle. Mm-hmm. You're a rectangle. rectangle. I would okay, say you're more you. of a rectangle. Yeah. You know you go online on Pinterest and yeah. then they show you all these body types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and there's like forty seven body types and yeah. I look at that and I get so confused. And don't get don't get take the take the top four, okay, and try to put yourself in that category. And I'm okay. not saying that you should categorize yourself, but it's a lot easier to dress for your body shape when you know what your body right. shape is. That's right. And there are body shape calculators. So you want to type that into Google, body shape calculator, and then it'll tell you, okay, what are the measurements of your breast? What's the measurements of your waist? What's the measurement? Blah, blah, blah. And it'll spit out your body type. Mine is, really is cool. upside down triangle on the bottom and then <laughs> the I top with a square sitting on top. Okay. So you sound like a pear. You really sound like a pear to me. <laughs> a big, delicious, juicy pear. <laughs> hey, J-Lo's a pear. 
So is oh, Beyonce. Yeah. So rock it. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you're interested in styling a, a little bit. But you do this for more than just vanity for people. Oh, it's, yeah, 100%. But I do um, have other clients that have very personable stories that can relate to all of us, like the client who lost a parent and no longer knows who to shop with because they used to shop with that parent. Um, I have a client who had a double mastectomy and am I saying that right? Mastectomy. Mastectomy. Thank you. Who no longer knows how to dress her new body shape and wants to learn how to feel confident again after this huge life, uh, you know, struggle that she's been through. Uh, Another client uh, had a house burned down and lost her entire wardrobe and had to restart. There are so many people who access a stylist for way more than just vanity reasons. It's, it's you know, and, and a lot of times I see mommies and, and those are the ones who touch me the most because moms naturally put ourselves last. So the budget goes towards the kids um, and the time goes towards the kids. So they don't know how to uh, earn back some of that money from the family budget and earn back some of that time uh, to be them again. And it's really, really amazing to see um, people coming out of their shell again and being them again. I love hearing, oh my God, I feel like me again. That that to me is like, okay, I've done my job 10 times over. So yeah, the, the really, really interesting reasons why people access a stylist. Yeah. I like the part though about not having to spend a ton of money. You really don't. Because you, you posted something on Instagram recently that really surprised me. You talked about the fact that you hadn't cut your hair in yeah. forever. Once a year. And I thought, girl, that is not even a thing. And here you are, a wardrobe consultant who is yeah. admitting you don't cut your hair more than once a year. Yeah. And I thought that is, what a victory. <laughs> I, I, what a victory for those of us who want to let ourselves go. I but think, you don't You don't let yourself go. I don't I, get it. I'm such an oxymoron to people because I'm the most least maintenance person that I know. Wow. But I actually bought myself a shellac machine and I do it at home. <laughs> I put my nails under the light and the kids want to do it with me. But yeah, you don't have, you really don't have to spend money on your beauty routine or a lot of money. I mean, there's a little money that has to go into it, but you don't have to spend a ton of money. And I do not follow designers or the latest. I mean, I love talking about the latest trends because it's the easiest thing to access when you want to try something new, but you really just have to come like figure out what's good for you and stick to that and, 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 and what works for your wardrobe and there's style at every price point. Absolutely. Yeah. You brought me to Reitman's. Reitman's. That was the first place you brought me. Yeah. And I thought, okay. Yeah. I say Reitman's, by the way. You said oh, Reitman's. So I'm am sorry. I saying it right? I don't know. There's Zara, Zara, I don't know. Zara, I don't whatever. Know, whoever. But yeah, Hillary, she brought me to Reitman's. And yeah. I thought, okay, I can work with this. Yeah. That's all right. H&M. That would be intimidating for me to say, all right, I'm going to go out and shop and have to spend money on clothing, but I also have to pay to have someone come with me. Like, that seems overwhelming to me. Uh. Uh, it wasn't overwhelming because Mary and I sat down for 20 minutes. We had a coffee and you, I, you know, that was Mary's size me up time where she decided who am I, who am I as a person? Although I feel like you, because you listen to me on the radio, you know, I am, but you you had a chance to sort of, you you talk to your client, you get a feel for the kind of personality they have. And then she just, you know, she doesn't tell you what to wear. She suggests what would be very flattering on you and consider color, consider this, consider that. And because of, because of Mary, sweet Mary, as I call her. I'm wearing statement earrings today, Hillary. That's right. It's the only way I got her in color that day. It was like, okay, well, let's try it in an earring. And honestly, Sandra has the most gorgeous skin tone. I mean, being half Greek. And you can add so many colors against that skin tone. So that's why statement earrings were so great against her face. But to go back to your question, Hillary, is it, you know, you have to spend on on, on clothing and then you have to spend for my time. Yes, it's just like anything else, right? Um, if you want to do it, 
I don't want to say properly, if you want to really invest in yourself or invest in your wardrobe, there's a bit of investment to to make up front. But I'd like to think that I leave my clients with tips and tricks um, so that they can do this on their own in the future. And and the greatest thing I suggest is building a capsule wardrobe first so that you have your foundation pieces that can mix and match together. And then you can add to that capsule wardrobe later on and it becomes less of an investment. I'm going to link your website, sure. Mary, MaryCNCBelloStyle.com. I'm going to link your Instagram page so we can all Thank you. marvel marvel at your <laughs> style. And, and then I'm it. going to take a selfie with you. And I I'm would gonna, love that. I'm going to take 42 runs at it, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> what do you think, Hillary? I love it. <laughs> Just, you know, we'll get it. I'll, I'll get the lighting right, right? Because I'm, I'm pretty particular about the way I take a selfie. And okay, standing next I have to you one more question tough. before yeah. we go. All right. Mary, average uh, working woman making, I don't know, uh, $60,000 to $100,000 a year, how much should you spend on clothes a year? Oh, my God. I See, there's so many different factors to that. How much of an existing wardrobe do they have? How how, how much does their weight fluctuate? There's, there's so many factors to that. I'd say, can I... Can I put some kind of stats to that or some, can I qualify this a little bit? If you do have an existing wardrobe that you already love, let's say about 70% love, and you just want to add to kind of freshen up and modernize your wardrobe, there's not really any reason to spend more than at that salary, I'd say two to 500 a year. What? Yeah. Two to five hundred. If you have, again, if you ha- is this a, is this a I'm big? Excited. A I agree. If Only you because, have, yeah, yeah. If you have a foundation, and again, I go back to the foundation because these are your investment quality pieces that you love. They look good on you. You've had them tailored. You you reach for them in your closet all the time. If you have a, a, a solid foundation like that. And you just want to, again, add some of the trends or add something new when you want to spice up your wardrobe, you don't really have to spend more than $500. And I'm talking about like go to mm-hmm. fast fashion brands, go to H&M. Um, if you're really being conscious about the environment and sustainability, of which is a big, you know, a growing thing right now, then go to thrift stores, go to consignment shops. There's no reason why you have to spend more than that if you already have a wardrobe that you love. If you're starting from fresh, then that's a whole different number. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I, yeah. Do you think that the biggest mistake people make is spending all their money on trends and not yes. investing in those yes 100 percent see when there's sales out there and we just got through the summer sales season um the retailers know what they're doing and they create panic almost when they when they do these sale commercials like for three days only everything's going to be 70 percent off and then you pay retail normal retail price you know those kind of things and people run out to the stores and they're in such a panic to purchase these pieces I will guarantee you that at least one of us here has three or more pieces hanging in their wardrobe that still has a price tag on it that they've never worn because they've gone out and bought it on sale or it was a really good deal. And, you know, it was only $25. Yeah, but that's $25 out of your wardrobe, out of your budget now that you'll never put to good use. It's gone. I've done that. Of course you've done that. We've all done that. I just did it last night when I did some <laughs> online shopping. It was 40% off. I panicked. See, that's the thing. <laughs> and then even online, they give you those pop-ups. Okay, you have 24 hours now to buy this or it's going to be gone. And then you go back two hours later and it's already gone. You hate yourself, right? Right. But really, think about it. Does it fit in your lifestyle? Does it fit in your budget? Does it fit in your in your overall style? Does it fit in the message that you're trying to send? 
If you can't answer those questions, then likely you don't need that piece hanging in your closet. There's also one more thing I want to leave you with, Hillary, because you did ask about ward, uh, budget. Cost per wear is a big thing for me. So the cost of the garment or whatever you purchased divided by the amount of times you're going to wear it is your cost per wear. I like to get that number down to $5. Okay, so okay. Let's, let's take something simple like a skirt. If a skirt is $200 then your cost of wear has to be, how many times do you have to wear that to bring it down to $5? 40 times. Okay. If you can't, in your mind, think of 40 different ways to wear it, or if it's not something that you're going to wear from season to season, year to year, then really that's not a purchase you should be making if you're trying to stick within a budget. What about special occasion stuff? That's different. That's different. You're asking all the right questions here, Hillary. Yes, that's different. <laughs> a special occasion like a gown, you're not going to wear a $400 gown more than once or twice. <laughs> I know. It's upsetting, but it's true. <laughs> it's very upsetting. I, I have ways to get around that. I mean, I can consign, I, I can sell it, um, and you all can too. Um, and things like, you know, gowns and statement pieces, it's a little bit hard to get your cost per wear out of that. But for most of your wardrobe, it should be cost to wear. I mean, think of your winter jacket, okay? Like here in Canada, we wear our winter jacket for like, I'd say 150 days at least out of the year. Right. So you want to invest in a good winter jacket that you love because you're going to wear it so many freaking times. Your cost of wear becomes like 60 cents if you invest That's in a true. good one. So That's th- true. those are the kind of things you really want to invest in. But think of cost cost per wear when you're, when you're buying something. Think of the message you're sending. Think of does it fit in your wardrobe, in your lifestyle, in the, in the message you want to send, et cetera. I think I'm repeating myself now. No, I totally agree <laughs> because we've all run into that trap that you talked about. It's the end of the season. Things mm-hmm. go on clearance. You buy that statement piece that ha- you can only wear for another week and then it's going to be out of style next year. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. It's it's I mean it's human nature we've all done it I still do it I'm not gonna say I'm totally perfect but think of like I want you to start consciously making those decisions when you shop for your wardrobe cost for wear I know I bought cost those I was cheap too they were like we bought those statement earrings and I think they were fifteen dollars and I'm like fifteen dollars they're not even on sale and then you're like cost for wear Sam I'm like okay I'll wear them more than three times it's right I'm fine that's how cheap I am Hillary <laughs> cost for wear. <laughs> It's it's a great life lesson, and uh, it's also a, a lesson about buying quality things that you will wear over and over again, and then you start thinking about putting it together with other things, too. Mm-hmm. So you've opened my mind to that, Mary, and Yay. for that, I thank you. Thank you. And um, and let's take that selfie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Make sure you look good, Mary. She'll, uh, she'll try to fly one past you. <laughs> She'll take that selfie and then pick the one she looks good in. Well, isn't that how we all roll, Hillary? Come on now, girl. (laughs) This podcast is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram, at Hillary on Air, at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 1053. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast through iTunes each week to your mobile device to listen offline. 